ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Bright Brains Podcast. And um, today we have our guest, John Papaloni. Did I say that right? You did, actually. Awesome. All right, then. John, welcome to the show. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about your entrepreneurial journey. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me on. My, I've been a serial entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur since I was young. It was one of those things that um, me and Jobs kind of just agree to disagree. So um, what ended up happening is I started off wanting to be a, on the radio. That was my real goal. And I wasn't the typical guy to go to school that get that good education. Although I did end up finish, finishing school, to be clear, but it had nothing to do with my normal you know, root. So, and I did that after the fact, but besides the point, so I want to be a DJ. So I got my job. I got, I was back in the day where I wanted to, uh, you know, I used records. So I, my, 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 let me back up here. I wanted to be on the radio. I wasn't going to get it through going to school. So how I did it was that I decided that if I became popular in the DJing world, I'd get at the popular clubs where the radio stations were playing and that would get me on radio. And that's exactly what I did. And it worked. So, um, and that's how I started. And then I got into the marketing business. The marketing business became an eight figure a year business. And I eventually sold that in 2007. Then I had the great idea of starting up my own radio station, except I was going to do it instead of on the FM dial, I was going to do it through the internet. Back in the day, we didn't have iPhones. We had Blackberry. So I had the Blackberry app where you could actually load up, listen to my station, as well as have it play through your car through Bluetooth or plugging in or whatever it is at the time that people did to listen through through to it through the car. And we did the same thing the traditional FM radio dial did, such as play live on location for certain promos. We played regular music, DJ mixes. We had uh, live at nightclubs. We, you know, so the whole same concept. So it was a great idea. Then my parents got sick and, uh, it uh, went from profitable to a loss because I couldn't operate and I relied strictly on other people. And they did a great job. It was just way too early to have that many people working on it, you know. And uh, But I had to, you know, I couldn't just stop doing something because I couldn't be there. So because I didn't know how long I was going to be out, I decided it was best to close it because I didn't want to keep losing because I could be out for several years. Um, turned out I was out for three years and, uh, and ended up working out for the best at that time anyways. So what ended up happening is after my parents went into a retirement home, I had to decide what the heck am I going to do? That's when I got my realtor's license because I've been around real estate my whole life. My parents were landlords. I remember going with them, collecting rents and stuff like that. So I thought, uh, and I'm going to open houses all the time on my own. So I thought rather than going to look at open houses and with no intent of buying and wasting the other agent's time, I thought maybe I should do it and make some money myself doing it that. So got my realtor's license, been in it for eight years, and I progressed from there. I started up my own uh, capital investment fund where I, uh, and in the process, I got my mortgage license as well. So now I have uh, Papaloni Capital. And what we do is uh, invest with other people. We get investors to group up with us. We partner up, do joint ventures, and invest in different uh, real estate, uh, you know, acquisitions. We as well as do private equity loans. And I have what I have now, the consulting division, which is basically helping other people who want to build their business with um, with uh, our uh, consulting services and help other people structure their business and build their systems and stuff like that. 
Awesome. So you've had an interesting journey. You've gone from being a DJ on a radio, internet radio on BlackBerry. You know, that's the name you don't hear too often anymore, to being a real estate agent, to owning your own capital and investment firm. So yeah, that's quite a journey. What lessons have you learned along the way from that journey? Well, there's been a lot of lessons. Uh, one thing is uh, drop your ego. That was my main lesson. Like the key component that I left out there and where this comes in is that uh, with my marketing business that I sold, what ended up happening is the eight-figure business was the second round. The first round, I went bankrupt. And um, solely because of my ego, no other reason. And yeah, so it was one of those things that, uh, you know, I had the misfortune of landing a really big client on the first round. And then you learn that and you think it's that easy all the time. And then what happens is you develop that chip on your shoulder and you make decisions based on that chip on your shoulder. Now the big client leaves and you don't think that they think you think they need you and you don't need them. And now all of a sudden you live like that and the spending continues with no income. Next thing you know, you owe this exorbitant amount of money and nobody's calling you back. So, yeah, yeah, that that definitely humbled me for lack of better description. Gotcha. Yeah, I totally get it. You know, I feel like a lot of people have been kind of moving into the entrepreneurial space because of inflation and things like that. I feel like the age where someone could just work a nine to five and support themselves on that is long gone. You know, I feel like you kind of have to be an entrepreneur now to survive. You have to have your own. It's better to be your own boss than to actually work for somebody else. So for people who want to get into that entrepreneurial space, what are some advice that you would give them? Okay. I'm going to be very disruptive with this answer. Mm -hmm. And um, it the, 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 the very worst thing you can do is decide to be an entrepreneur just because you think you're going to get more money from doing it. The majority of times, your first two years as an entrepreneur, you're actually working in the negatives. It's very rare that it goes like this, and all of a sudden you supplemented your income. You're, if To be successful, you can't do it for the sole purpose of making money. You I, Because what happens is the minute things get hard, you walk away, you drop it, and you might not do it after hearing this just because I said it. But it doesn't mean you won't drop it to prove me wrong. It just means that you'll take longer to drop it, which means you'll lose even more before you give up. So the reality of it is you have to have a purpose other than money. Yes, money is important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not waking. I'm saying wake up every morning saying, I love doing this for free. I don't want to do anything for money ever again. I know that's not reality, but your mission should have a greater purpose than just the income. And when you have that greater purpose and you're working towards that greater purpose and you're serving people and you're giving, that income comes with it. So gotcha. serve with a purpose and the income will follow. That's pretty wise advice. So, you know, a lot of Gen Z and millennials are moving into this space. And one thing is the internet has basically changed the entrepreneurial game. And what ways has the internet encourage entrepreneurship and also in what ways do you feel in any ways that maybe uh, the internet has hindered entrepreneurship is it Absolutely. like a blessing or a curse yeah 
It is a little bit of both, and it's really depending on the individual and how you utilize it. Internet has given infinite possibilities that did not exist in the past. Like prime example, I mean, we're not even in the same city, let alone the same country, and we're on the internet, internet using the internet yeah. to talk to each other. Now that is very powerful. You used to have to board a plane to talk to somebody or you pay long distance charges. Now yeah. we're talking through a computer screen and a camera. Yeah. Right. So wow. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So now we have more opportunities as a result. Now all the information exists. Opportunities are endless on the internet where it is hindering us is that people have this myth that entrepreneurship is cool. That word is a buzzword. People have the thing that they think that they're just going to take some pictures, post it on Instagram, and they have it made. It really, people don't realize that the hard work is still there. It takes 10 years to become that overnight success. And it's got to be dedication, commitment. You have to be consistent, not just do something when it feels right. That means you still required to have the sacrifices. A lot of people think the internet is cheaper, it is not cheaper. It can be cheaper, but it's usually not cheaper. And here's what I mean. Back in the day when you promoted your business, you sent out printed flyers. And when you sent out that printed flyers, that thousand flyers will cost you something like $450 a print, $450 to mail out, plus somebody has time to uh, separate it, put it into boxes and all that. And then so you have your gas and your time, whatever. We'll say a thousand bucks to get out. Being on the internet doesn't mean that, and you get a thousand people delivered, now, back in the day, more people read it than today. Um, though today, people grab the flowers and throw them in the garbage. But and look, you, and what you're hoping is that your flowers on top, so they at least see it before they throw it in the garbage. <laughs> um, but the thing is, the point is that that percentage now that responds were is somewhere between one and four percent. So, and you got a thousand people, you're spending a thousand dollars for one to four percent. Now. On with the internet, and you're promoting on the internet, whether it's through social, through Google, whatever, those percentage rates are still the same. And it's actually, to be honest, sometimes they're even worse. So what ends up happening is one to four percent are still going to pay attention to it, but less people are going to buy as a result of it. Because nobody goes on the internet looking for a product, what I mean from an ad. Right, if they're going on the internet looking for a product, they're typing something into Google, and they're specifically looking for that product. So just because they see your ad doesn't mean they're going to pay attention to it. So the attention, the attention rate. Look, printed flyers, one to four percent responded. Internet, one to four percent pay attention. Now that means it's even a smaller percent that actually respond. So where my belief is that you still have to spend the same thousand dollars the difference is printed ad gets you a thousand people the internet will get you seen by fifty thousand people for that same thousand dollars so you get more reach for less money or for the same money so cost per person is cheaper but you still need to make the investment we're in a pay-to-play arena today everyone who's going around saying i'm going to do everything organic see you in 15 years and tell me if you're still doing this mm. you know what i mean because Organic yeah. no longer works. Now, I don't suggest people go out and yank money out of their wallet and spend money they don't have just to promote on Facebook. What? But there is a formula you can use and use to build. Build up slowly. What you do is you start off with your organic, take that first sale you get after all that effort, take 30% of that income that you got from the first sale and dump that into the paid ads. 
then the sale goes up again. You take the 30%, step and repeat, step and repeat. Next thing you know, you're spending $10,000 a day on promoting yourself and building your business. But you're for that $10,000 that you're spending, you're earning $100,000. Mm. Right? And that happens over time because your budget changes as your business grows. But you got to start off. I think we call, I call it, uh, you know, what what was the term I used? I forgot. But anyways, the point is that you use your you use your income towards promotion. Don't use money that's in your pocket towards the promotion. You have your initial investment because if you're doing a podcast, you need a mic, you need a camera. Yeah, your initial investment that's not going to show up because you wish the that you make a sale before you start. But once you make your initial investment, you set up. Start with organic. Use the money that you earn to grow the business versus trying to get in debt to grow the business. That's pretty interesting, man. You know, the internet has definitely changed a way you can reach people. I know you mentioned Facebook several times. Is that still the best way, like doing Facebook ads? Or what are some other ways in which the internet can be leveraged to get a a message out or promote a product? Truth of the matter, I use Facebook because that's just the default everyone talks about. It's really, uh, there's many opportunities and every business would vary on what options are best for you. Um, Whatever it is that you do, you just have to be consistent with it and realize that within the first six months, you're going to do something and and it's going to feel like it's not working. But um, it may not be because after six months of being consistent, sooner or later, you bump into people and say, hey, I I saw you on Facebook. I saw you on Instagram. I saw you on your podcast. I saw you on YouTube. Uh, oh, I, 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 you know, every time I look up something on Google, you show up, right? So eventually people get to recognize you and you meet some strangers that, that you don't even know just because you've been consistent. But it's not going to happen before the first six months. So w- whatever platform it is, you have to go where the audience is. Figure out what business you're in, where is your audience, and use those platforms. I try to encourage people to be on every platform possible. But the truth of the matter is that if you're going to spend your whole day just putting things on platforms and do no productive work, that's not necessarily the route you should take. But I, I, I believe that whatever you do, you should be completely committed to it. So if your forte is Instagram, then go on Instagram. Spend your time on Instagram. Be consistent with Instagram. Do your two to three to four posts a day every single day and never miss a beat. As long as you're consistent, eventually people will see you. Now, have another avenue. Like we're podcasting. Look what we're doing now. This is a great way because when you podcast, whether it's video, audio, or both, you put the video on YouTube, you put the audio through the platforms that that goes through Apple, Spotify, whatever. It lives on the internet long before, even when you're sleeping. And that one, it doesn't disappear in 24 hours. It doesn't get, you know, shuffled to the bottom as more posts come in, more, you know, more uh, content comes in. It's always there. So you're going to have people hearing your first episode nine months later, even though, you, you know, you've long moved past it. So that information is there. And if you serve it through education and you're and like we're doing now, people can learn from that. And as they learn, then they figure they see you as the expert. Once they see you as the expert, then they want to reach out to you to get information. And when I reach out to you, that's the opportunity to get to know the person. And and once they decide that they know, like, and trust you, that's when you develop a loyal customer. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but are you looking to reach a dynamic and engaged audience of curious minds? Well, look no further. 
Bright Brains Podcast is the perfect platform to showcase your business or product. You'll be able to reach a diverse, intelligent audience and engage with listeners passionate about personal development, technology, and more. Elevate your brand through thought-provoking discussions. Don't miss this opportunity to promote your business on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the market. Contact us today to discuss advertising options and elevate your brand to the next level. Contact us at brightbrainspod at gmail.com to secure your advertising spot on Bright Brains today. Again, that's brightbrains with a Z pod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Now, back to the podcast. That's this is really great advice. I want to switch gears a, a little bit and ask about real estate. You know, the thing about real estate is I think a lot of like millennials and Generation Z, they want to get into real estate, but they're not sure where to begin. And I feel like a lot of us feel that the window is closing due to the economy. You know, I keep hearing about like these major corporations like BlackRock buying up all the properties. So my question is twofold. One, is it still, is real estate still something that people can do or should they just like forget about that? And if it is something that they can do, what strategies should they implement to try and get into that sector? Love this. Absolutely. Now with, um, it's going to go back to the first thing I said at the beginning, you start off with dropping your ego, um, realize that the market has changed and it's going to be harder to get in. So, and here's what I mean by dropping your ego. Typically what we've been taught, let's be honest, what we've been taught is go to school, get a good education so you can get a good job, save your money, get married, have that white picket fence, move in, have kids, retire. Right. That's what we've been taught. The reality is today's things have changed a little bit. Now, it's harder to get into the market, but it's not impossible to get in the market. Now, you might have to be creative and have an open mind. Instead of looking for that house for you to move into, why not look at an investment property as your first house? Now, where the difference is, when you're doing an investment property, you may have 50 grand saved and that might not be enough. But if you have 50 grand, and you get a joint venture, a joint partner, like one of your buddies from school, hey, that person puts in 50 grand. Now you got 100 grand. Now all of a sudden, wait a minute, that 100 grand is now enough. Start off with a property where you have that property, get something, maybe something with two doors or has a, a basement or and, and a main floor or upstairs and a main floor where you can separate it. Two rents. You collect the two rents to pay off that mortgage. You hold on to it, to it for five to 10 years. Let it appreciate over that five to 10 years. You keep the rents going to pay your mortgage. And after that term, what happens is you cash out, you take the appreciation, you take, you've been collecting the rents, which means your mortgage has been lowered from the rents at that time. Then you can sell the property, take the extra earnings. Now you can afford to buy the property individually. And then you can uh, do repeat and, and, and then take it out. And then you have a bigger property. Now you can have a four rental property plus the property that you move into. It's got to be done over a long period of time versus before you used to go to work, save your 50 grand, put it down, move in. That's the only thing that's changed. It's the strategy to get into the property versus, and you know, so now it's a process, not just uh, wake up and do it. So you live in Canada. How is the real estate in Canada? I mean, how's the market in Canada as opposed to the United States? Are they totally similar or are they totally different? Are they kind of a mixed bag? 
it's kind of a mixed bag. The reality is everyone at this moment is going through the same dilemma. Um, from what I'm figuring, I believe this is the first time in history where everyone's so in sync, where everyone's doing just as crappy or as good right across the board. And it's maybe, I don't know, maybe it's because it's tied into COVID or pandemic or pandemic, whatever way you want to look at it. Maybe it was tied into everything that happened there and it kind of just synced everything together. But it's not terrible. I mean, there's still opportunities, but there has been a shift. The interest rates have up. And I, from what I understand in the States, that uh, each state is is a different. I mean, the market is basically different state by state. Um, in Canada, it's we don't have states, we have provinces. And opportunities will vary based on those provinces as well. And things are different. But right now, they're pretty much, we're heading into what we call that buyer's market. And that's where I believe there's opportunities. So things have shifted, but it's not the, as doom and gloom as uh, it sounds. You know, one thing you often talk about is generational wealth. How do you define generational wealth? And how should somebody go about creating that? Very simple, very slowly, and very consistently. Generational wealth is where you have an asset that is providing cash flow on a regular basis and that no matter what you do, it's consistently providing you income. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to cash out to earn. Like real estate is a perfect way to build generational wealth. You have rentals. And what ends up happening is as long as you have rentals and you have renters and they constantly pay you rent, you're constantly collecting money. The uh, homes are consistently appreciating over time. They can be transferred to the next generation when you pass away. And then at that same time, then they're continuously growing, continuously paying income, continuously cash flowing. And you basically can live off that after you have so many of them. And then that just keeps going and going, going. It's a never ending process. Yeah. You know, um, generational wealth is a, is a term that's often uh, passed around. You know, everybody's talking about it. I, I think everybody's definitely feeling that uh, financial crunch right now. Do you think uh, the the financial crunch is uh, the fault of like people making poor financial decisions? Or do you think it's out of their hands? Like it's economic factors? Or do you think it's a mixture of both? I think the economic factors affect people, but it affects people based on their choices. Because yeah. when things are high and fly, we think of things, oh, I can afford something. It's only $2,000 a month. Now let's be clear. Because you can pay $2,000 a month, that does not mean you can afford it. Like, we'll take cars. Right now, the big popular thing is to finance cars. And it is the stupidest finance thing you could do. But it's 600 bucks a month. I can afford it. Wonderful. Interest rates are up. Everything is up. Expenses are up. How's that working for you? More than likely, that car is burying you now, which means you cannot afford it. Afford it means that you bought it and it doesn't matter what happens in the economy, it's not affecting you. If it affects you, that means you bought based on monthly. And if you bought based on monthly, that's a failing plan. So, but, the, but that's just the mindset of people today. That's where people believe. They believe monthly payments is affordability. It was never the case. We're just justifying it. So we allow ourselves to go further into debt and come up with the excuse to keep going. Yeah, you're right about that. You know, when it comes to this monthly thing, like, I think once a lot of people have a problem with like delayed gratification, you know, when I, 
I often drive past, uh, drive past places that are like rent to own. I don't know if they have those in Canada or not, where it's like you can go in and like, instead of paying for like an iPad or a TV, you can like make monthly payments on it. But over time, you're end up paying way more than it's actually worth. You know, I, ne I never understood that, you know. Um, there are a lot of like roadblocks, you know, that people often fall into that cause them to go into poverty. What are some common roadblocks that people face and like how can we avoid them? Well, it starts with mindset. And I know it sounds like hokey pokey, but your patterns your uh, and your habits will determine your future. And your pattern and habits are based on your mindset. So one thing is, it goes back to what we were saying there, you know, don't rent to own, sacrifice. You need a car to go to work. I get that as an example. I'm going to basically beat up the car industry here. Um, so I understand that, yeah, you need to go to work and maybe certain types of work require a car, but nowhere, nowhere, anywhere is it written that you have to have a brand new car. So if you don't have the money for a full brand new car with a depreciating asset buy a used one for a lot lower until you can save the money for the new car because compounding interest is deadly like everyone thinks oh it's five percent that's only 500 bucks on whatever but it's five percent each year and your interest is based on your balance right just like when you collect it you start off with ten thousand dollars and you get five percent that's going to be $500 a year. But the next year, you're getting paid 5% on $10,500, as an example. And then the year, it'll be 10000 you know, after 11000 and change, whatever. Because And it keeps growing, compounding interest. That's why they say if you put away $100 a month over 26 years, you'll end up having 600 and something thousand. I, I forget the exact number. But the point is, that's compounding interest. Now, just like it works for you, it works against you. When you're constantly paying, you actually have to earn more after-tax dollars to be able to pay that thing off. And again, budget, budget, budget. You have to have a budget, you know, and, and the numbers don't lie. Everything's based on numbers, right? Like, I know it's not easy, but people got to be willing to sacrifice and they have to believe in themselves and believe that they can do it to start off with. And start a sacrifice. A home should not be more than 40% of your earned income. If you're paying more than 40% of your earned income, you have too much home. So numbers don't lie. That's never changed. The only thing that's changed is how much you have to earn. Gotcha. Yeah. So it comes down to budgeting and buying what you can afford, meaning what you have cash for. Don't buy consumer goods. Invest. And that's building generational generational wealth again. Invest, invest, invest. Use most of your money to invest. And then when you get the interest from the investment, you use the interest that you collect to buy your consumer goods because that's just money that keeps on coming. So other than real estate, what are some good investments that Generation Z and millennials should be investing in? Ah, well, anything that produces cash flow. Um do not buy Bitcoin. And I'm not saying that people haven't made money on Bitcoin, but it hasn't been around long enough to have proven itself over that 100-year term. Mm -hmm. So maybe one day it might be worth it. 
today it's not. So um, I'm not a big stock person at all because I believe that uh, you're relying on everybody else and um, they are so volatile that it's easy to lose. Um, if you're interested in stocks and you want to put it in stocks, put it in an index fund, not in a particular company. Bet on the whole market. Don't bet on individual companies. Now, the other opportunity is find cash flowing business and buy them. When you have a cash flowing business and you buy that cash flowing business, that's an easy way to get to the entrepreneurship and to have something that pays right away. Um, but your first investment before anything, I should have started off with this, is invest in yourself. And I know that's cliche, but reality is the more you, more you know, the more you're worth. And you don't know anything until you start inputting information. And how you get it, you invest in yourself. Whether you find a mentor, whether you read a book, watch, watch uh, YouTube videos, YouTube University, as I'll call it, get educated, whatever it is that gives you the information you need to build yourself up, go do it. Don't be shy on spending on yourself. And I don't mean be spoiled consumer goods. I mean, knowledge and learning. And then take that learning and put it into action. I am a big fan of real estate. I'm also a big fan of uh, entrepreneurship. Now, once you have a product or a, or a service that you really like doing, you can start that business. That's investing in your future because you're going to invest in something you believe in and you're going to put your all into it. And therefore, you're building something that's going to build monthly cash flow. And that is the best way to do it. If you're working your job, work your job to pay your bills and work your uh, business to, for your profits. Once your profits become bigger than your job, then you go to part-time and your part-time gives you your play money and your business will give you all the money you need. And when your business grows to that next level that you need to hire, then you drop your job. That's another way to take it. So it's basically more, 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 basically my, my advice is invest in yourself, invest in anything that provides cash flow. And then when you have extra money, then you can experiment. Yeah, this is, this is great advice. And I also just want to say the whole Bitcoin thing, you're probably right about, you know, I was really big into Bitcoin um, a couple of years ago, but uh, it seemed like it was a, a bunch of hype, you know, and now that hype has, you know, subsided. In your lifetime, has there ever been anything else that similar to Bitcoin where like everybody was sort of all in on it and then it kind of fizzled out? Yeah, multi-level marketing. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong. It works for some people. For some people, it's fantastic. But for the majority, it's not. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's just a scam, you know. Speaking of scams, I often see like, you know, on Instagram and social media, there are a lot of people who say they're entrepreneurs and say they're doing uh, big things. But in actuality, it's just lies or it's a scam or it's fraud. Uh, what are some ways to like tell when somebody is telling the truth, like when it comes to investing you know, you often see people selling courses and things like that. What are some surefire ways to like snus out BS in this well, online? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, if we have time, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a funny story of uh, how I discovered this. All right. All right. Now, when I was younger, a little bit younger, not much younger, but, um, and it was shortly after my parents passed away. 
what ended up happening is I had a couple of buddies, you know, that take me out and whatever, just so I guess I wouldn't be on my own or whatever. Anyways, one person um, decided to take me to the airport and, um, and he decided we were going to go there. We were, he was fascinated with planes. And what ended up happening is he looked at one and he says, hold on, hold on. I'm going to take a picture. I'm like, okay, you're going to hop a fence, go somewhere and take a picture of a plane that's not yours. Right. And I'm going, why? Right. So I knew he's going to do that. And I'm starting to laugh. He took the picture. He was so proud. Right. And I'm laughing my head off and he's going, what's so funny. And I, and part of my language is I said, you're an idiot. He goes, why? He goes, nobody will know. I go, if you're going to play that scam, at least take a picture of a real plane, not a medical plane. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it was so consumed with having an Instagram picture. Didn't even register that he took a picture in front of a medical plane. Yeah. Right. So, and my point is over time, everything comes out. Don't just jump on it because somebody says they're a guru. There's tons of gurus out there. You can see it in patterns. Um, consistency is what, what gets your message out there. Now, prime example, I'm a realtor. I'm a real estate agent. Forget what I say. Forget my website. When you type in my name, you're going to see all the organizations in Canada. Our licensing organization will pop up and show you that I'm a realtor. It shows you that I'm completely licensed. There's no way to hide that. When I'm not licensed, those organizations will take me off. I won't show up in that government site. Can't lie that. Can't fake that. Right? So sometimes it's just paying attention. Now, a lot of times, yeah, so everyone's a guru, and and history will show you whether or not they're doing something. Patterns will show you not. Like, look at look at how, like, prime example, I'm a guru, I'm making billions of dollars, but uh, every time you see me, I am in a, um, you see me online with all this gold and whatever and all that crap, next thing you know, I'm, but I'm walking around with a $10 shirt. Yeah. Right? Like, now, I'm contradicting myself here because I don't dress up for anybody because I don't give a crap. But at the same time, I don't need you. I don't need your money. When I'm buying a deal and I'm saying somebody asking somebody to joint venture with me, I'm buying the deal with or without you. I don't really care if you participate. If I need you to participate, that's a red flag. Gotcha. Right? So, like, yeah. So, it's if someone is trying too hard to impress you, it's because they have nothing to impress you with. Yeah, that's good advice. You know, a lot of people are on Instagram, you know, just kind of pretending. But, you know, a lot of people want to sort of go from step A to, you know, the final goal without having to do all the steps in between. A lot of people want to show success but not have to do the work to get to success. Do you think that's a major problem with now in society or I think it's always been a problem. It's just now it's more exposed. More it's more people have more opportunity to flaunt what they don't have than they ever had before. And that's one of the negatives of the internet that we were talking about before. Before mm-hmm. you'd have to do it in person and it's kind of hard to flaunt that in person. If you're going like prime example, I'll use that plane thing. Now, pretend you got the right plane. If somebody's constantly saying, I'm going on my plane, and every picture is a different damn plane than the one they had before, it isn't their plane. Exactly. Right? And there's no way you can be consistent with that when you're using other people's products or property to showcase yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? So, again, 
the flaunting thing is huge and the best way to avoid it is stop worrying about FOMO, fear of missing out, right? Why are people falling for this? Really, let's be honest. You know, oh, I saw this guy. He's a guru. He's got this plane. He's got this, you know, Rolls Royce. He's got all this thing. Look how successful he is. Wonderful. Great. Who gives a crap? What's that have to do with you? Mm-hmm. How does that help you? And I'm not saying, you know, the all selfish, me, 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 I, 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 I. I'm not saying that, but the point I'm getting at is, if Bob Smith has a plane and a Rolls Royce, that doesn't help you, right? So yeah, stop worrying about what other people have and start focusing on your own journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people are obsessed with you know do obsessed with status, you know, but don't want to actually do the work to achieve that status. Right. So this this is my uh, final oh, question. I, w- I want to interject. One, one thing I want to remind you. Now, in other words, if somebody wants to go into a real estate investment with you and they have a fund that they say, invest in my fund, here's the mm-hmm. clear way. Forget internet, forget uh, Instagram, all that crap. Yeah, you can find these gurus that way. The one clear way to find out if a person's a legitimate person or not, if they're asking you to sign a document and send them the check, chances are it's a scam. Because gotcha. those deals, those real deals go through lawyers. The, what happens is, yeah, we have an agreement. We send you the agreement. Your lawyer reviews the agreement. Your lawyer takes the check, puts it through to my lawyer. My lawyer does the deposit. It's done through the legal system. And that is how. If they want the check directly from you, that's a first red flag. All right. So this is the final question. So let's say you had someone who wanted to take you on as a mentor and you said, you know, I, I couldn't, you know, do that right now, but I can give you one piece of advice. All right. And this is the only thing you'll ever tell that person. What would that one key uh, piece of advice be? Very simple. Do what you are passionate about or happy to do something that you understand in your realm. Be very focused when you work on a passion and you work and you're working on yourself. Like when you work on something you're passionate about and something you're focused on versus having 30 different opportunities and options. You're working on one thing. You're being the best at the one thing. Be the best in your community and keep consistent with that product. And people will get to know you as that person. And once when you think of something and people, you are the one they think about, then they're the ones that you're the one that they're going to call and you don't have to worry about competition because you're going to be known as the best. Hey, that's awesome. I think that's the great way to end it. Thank you for coming on. Before I let you go, where can people go to find you on the internet? Anything you want to promote as well? Absolutely. You can find me on the internet at, on Instagram at, with, at my name, J-O-H-N-P-A-P-A-L-O-N-I, or you can just go to papalonicapital.com and it will take you uh, to everywhere I am. Uh, right now, my new website is being developed, so it's going to my mortgage site, but either way, my contact information, my profiles are all there either way. Hey, thank you for your time. I learned a lot and I'm pretty sure my audience did too. Take thank care. Thank you for having me. No problem. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us for another enlightening conversation here on Bright Brains. I hope you've gained valuable insights and inspiration to fuel your own bright ideas. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like and subscribe, rate, 
and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or however else you listen to this podcast. Also, we can be found on all major social media. Just type in Right Brains with a Z. And remember, the brightest minds are those that never stop seeking knowledge.